0: Praise the Lord. Thank you those on the platform. Second Timothy chapter 1 this morning. Uh, now I want to uh, uh, continue with the class of core convictions. And uh, your convictions are going to dictate and determine uh, who you will be tomorrow, who you'll be in life. They're stronger than values. If you have moral values, uh, you have uh, character, Uh, There's that which supports that. Uh, You make vows in a marriage. uh, If you keep those vows, there's a dynamic of heart. There's a core. Uh, They talk a lot today about core training. Your core uh, dictates the health of the rest of the body or the apple. These these flags represent, as you're aware, uh, nations and states that we've planted churches in out of this congregation or out of churches we have planted. And there's reasons uh, why we've been able to do that. There are core convictions. Uh, and so I won't go through all that uh, last week, but uh, I do want to read uh, 2 Timothy 1, and I'm going to need a number of scriptures this morning 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 14. Uh, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, Hold fast the pattern. Of sound words you have heard from me in faith and in love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. There are those that have gone before you, some hundred plus churches. Uh, They set where you're sitting today. Uh, They've been to India, China, Africa, Mexico, Texas, cross, you know, California. Uh, Illinois, on and on across the country, and so uh, I want to, uh, our core convictions have to do, as I said, with the values and the character and vision and how we relate to other people. And so uh, I want to address the issue this morning of of your word, this statement that was made, I mentioned to it uh, Last week, where Frank Cooper made a statement to Caesar when he first came in Uh, Listen, we keep our word around here. That's a conviction to tell the truth. And so, so many people have no revelation of your word or words, period. Uh, Something's been lost in the world today uh, concerning words. Words have power, they have influence, they have importance. My grandfather, both my grandfathers were construction. I was raised, uh, uh, one of my grandfathers uh, built highways, moved houses, dug basements. I worked, time I could walk. And they would tell me, my grandfather in the construction world, in those days, this would have been the 30s, 40s, and I was uh, uh, born in 42, early 50s, I still worked for my grandfather. By the shake of his hand and his word, uh, uh, they would be massive money involved. Now, not not the money today, but the value of it was so much more. I remember working 50 cents an hour. And so, but by the shake of his hand, think of that, his word was good. Today, they have uh, this room full of lawyers, and they still don't keep their word. And so, uh, uh, as a Christian nation, we're the people of this book... uh, and if you're a born-again believer, your word means something, and you need to have a revelation in understanding the dynamics of the The Arab world. I was a missionary in Malaysia. And the Arab world, to deceive you is a virtue. It's like having incredible wisdom. To, deceive, to lie to you is a good business sense. And so they have a totally different culture. Uh, June twenty, Camp David peace talks. Uh, here was President Clinton. Uh, here was uh, Arafat. And this this legacy of Arafat. He here these they had these peace accords. They've come. They've said all these words. They're going to have peace with Israel. The whole world is watching. And on the stage, uh, this man walked off. Uh, and there's been a cycle of violence to this day, PLO, ISIS, on and on and on come out of that. But in the Arab world, this gave him incredible popularity and favor because he carried this lie so deceptively right on to the national stage. But as a child of God, and as a, if you're going to attend church here, your word means something. It's, or it should, and so let's think about words in the Bible because you create by language and, and words. I need some people to get for me Genesis 1.1. Who'll get that? I need a number of scriptures. Uh, Genesis, if you get that, uh, Christian, Genesis 1.3, who'll get that? Uh, Guillermo, Genesis 1.5 and 6 and 8, who'll get that? Yes, uh, Genesis 1.9, uh, who'll get that for me? Uh, David uh, 9, 11, and 14, if you get those for me. Then Genesis 1, 26, and 27. We'll try to move through some of this. Genesis 1, 26, and, and 27. Billy, if you'll get that. And so uh, think about words, because so many today with the Internet, massive words, uh, millions of words. I mean, you can't escape words. But look at Genesis 1, 1, if you'd read that for me, if you put it up on the board, Genesis 1, 1.
1: In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth.
0: Okay, in the beginning, God created the heaven. How did he do that? Genesis 1, 3. Let's run through these. Genesis 1, 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said. He spoke words. Genesis 1, 5.
1: And, And God called the light day and the darkness. He called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day.
0: So think of this. God said, and then God called. Again, he spoke. Uh, Genesis 1-6. Okay, Genesis 1-8. Uh, and God called the firmament heaven, and the heaven, and the
2: evening and the morning were the second day. Okay, Genesis 1-9. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear, and it was so.
0: Jo- uh, uh, Genesis
2: 1.11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, and the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And
0: Genesis
2: 1.14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let there be for signs and for seasons and for days and years so so
0: think of this uh think about your words they have creative power now this this is a staggering thought most people this your words have the ability to shape and define uh, and give substance how you speak to your wife how do you speak to your husband how do you speak to your children What you say in life literally creates a climate and an atmosphere that's going to dictate what lives and what's created there. Your marriage tomorrow is very much being created by the words you speak today. I can dictate your future very much if I could listen to your words in private. What you say about yourself, what you say about life, what you say about other people, what you say about God is very much going to dictate where and who you'll be tomorrow. Here is God, think of this, here is God and God is creating by he said and he called. What was said from this pulpit and this congregation before we ever had one flag, before we ever planted one church, one missionary, there were words that were spoken that was creating a climate and a culture that something could be born far beyond Chandler, Arizona, India, Malaysia, Australia, China. Countries in Africa, Europe, Bulgaria, Mexico. Okay, Genesis uh 1, and 27. Then God said,
1: let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, and he created them. Okay, now here God is creating you. And
0: God said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. And, and here's your three portions as a child of God. Let him have dominion. Let him be blessed. Let him be fruitful and multiply. This is God's, uh, your portion in God's creation. But there's another... What does it mean then when God created you in his likeness and his image? What does that mean? Anybody? George?
1: Hallelujah. Um, Fran's brother had taken a picture at the Gettysburg Battlefield. And years later he discovered a picture of his great-great-grandfather or great-great-grandfather, whatever. And they looked like twins. Now, God's Image, impression, God's nature should be reflected in what people see of us. Okay. As, you know, uh, as far as we're, 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 we're spiritual beings, you know, we have, we have flesh, you know, body, soul, and spirit, like, just like the Trinity. Our nature should reflect God's. What we do should reflect God. The way we appear to men should reflect God's nature and God's glory.
0: Okay. When they look at you, they ought to see if you're a child of God, they ought to see something of Christ in you. That's one of the tragedies to church world today. Uh, People want to come to church on Sunday and, and live like hell the rest of the week and they wonder why nobody's interested. And so keeping your word is critical, see, because God keeps his word. If he doesn't, we're in trouble. But more than that, in creation, in view of what we're talking about, uh, what does that mean to you? If you're created in God's likeness and image, what, what's another dimension of that? Anybody else want
3: to jump in? Yes, John, honey. Uh, when I go witness, uh, I always throw this out there to the person that I'm witnessing to that we're created in God's image, so therefore we're meant to have a relationship with Him. Okay. And, we can tell somebody about Christ and they can they can reject if they would like to. But at, when they walk away, we're created in God's image. So they know that there's truth to Jesus Christ dying for our sins and us having relationship with him. OK,
0: Jesus died, shed his blood, uh, paid for your sin, my sin, our guilt,
1: our insanity. Billy. Uh, we're created in God's image. So we're uh, representing God in a way. Uh, we're like ambassadors of Christ. We're a representation of God. Okay, How do we represent God then?
0: David?
2: Part of being in his likeness and image is we're supposed to have his attributes. So that means his character attributes. In Christ, we have the capability of righteousness and, and godliness. And also in his attributes, with our words, we're able to set the tone and... and You know, we do have that measure of creative power by our words through prayer and through taking dominion by speaking our words.
0: Okay, yeah, we have this element. We're not God, of course. Uh, You don't have to live more than five minutes to realize you're not God. But, um, uh, But we do have this ability when we speak, words are powerful. And we'll look more, they either bring life or death. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, the Bible says. And so when you speak, you're either creating life or it can be death and destruction. Wars have been fought over, multitudes die over words. All kinds of things happen. John, you had a statement?
2: Well, Jesus came and he gave us examples of how to live, what to say, what not to say. He gave us a lot of that as an example of what God really is in his image and how word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's what the word of God did for us when Jesus came.
0: Okay, and then Sis. Um,
2: as a new convert, one thing I realized uh, when I think about like in God's image is like the fact that um, <clears throat> kind of like you have to like God forgave, or Jesus, you know, died for my sins and he forgave me. And so when I go and talk to, like, my friends and stuff and I see how, like, they live in insanity every day, I have to, like, I, like, pray to God. I just ask him to, you know, give me, be able to allow me to love, like, you know, his children like he loves them because even though, you know, you get so frustrated and sometimes scared of what is in front of you, you have to know that God wasn't scared of you and, you know, that he actually loved you no matter what. And so kind of you got to love them no matter what, and that's something that I, like, I've caught in, like, revelation-wise of, like, what is God's image, you know, as we are servants to him.
0: Amen. Very good. Uh, Genesis 1:28, if you'd put it up. And so he's just said, God said, I've created man in my likeness and image, male and female. He created them and et cetera. And then he said, I want to bless. And then in verse uh, uh, 28, he says, then God blessed them and God said to them, God said to them, he spoke to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and et cetera. And so, uh, what do you call things? I need someone to get for me Genesis, I think it's uh, 219. Who will get that for me? Genesis 219. Guillermo, if you'll get that uh, for me. So here God created things, uh, But then he did something very interesting. If you'd read Genesis 2.19. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the
1: field and every fowl of the air. And brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof.
0: Okay, now think of this. Here's God. He's created this. And then he brings it to Adam and he says, whatever you call it, that... That sermon I preached, Adam was silent. I ran through some of this. Uh, Whatever you name it, I'm not going to change it. Now, God could have named it himself, but he said what you call it is going to give it identity. It's so critical what you call things under your influence. I preached that sermon. I may have mentioned it in Vegas. I preached it here first. I preached it in Las Vegas at a rally. Uh, when Adam was silent, and I went through this thing about whatever you have influence over, like as, as a father, mother, children, your family, in the ministry, what you call things has a powerful influence on them. This, this man, probably 50-something years old, he come to me weeping after the service. He said, Pastor, what you preach is so true. He said, My son, I raised him in church, but he was a handful I used to introduce him uh, to people. I was just messing around, joking around as my little felon, my future felon. He said, guess where my son is today? He's in prison. Now, I know the young man had to make his own decision. But I'm saying, what you call people, what do you call your wife? What do you call your husband? Your children. And so, um, uh, it, 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 the, the Jews, uh, uh, Israel, the father gave the name to the child, because words have creative power, and they set destiny. Many times, this is why many times, when in, in the Old Testament, uh, when they get have this encounter with God, God would change their names. Uh, and so, uh, words, see, and so words are critical. Words are critical. I can't tell you how powerful that is. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21. Who will get that for me? Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Any ladies this morning got your Bible? Okay. Uh, uh, Espionza. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Uh, Proverbs 13, 3. Proverbs 13, 3. yes. Uh, James 3, uh, 3 through 12. George, James 3, 3 through 12, a loud voice. So so we're talking about uh, your word. We're talking about keeping your word. We're talking about when you say I'm going to meet you at 7 o'clock, you don't come up with a stream of excuses. I was in Malaysia no one was ever on time. And it was always heavy rain, heavy rain. Because in Malaysia... It could rain uh, come this torrential flood uh, uh, the mon- and, 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 you know, 20 blocks over it didn't rain at all. So they'd show oh, heavy rain, heavy rain, heavy rain. Do you keep your word or are you a liar? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Don't you love the word of God? Proverbs 18, 21. Okay, read that.
1: Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit.
0: Death and life are in the power of the tongue or the power of words uh, and those who love it will enjoy the fruit of it. Proverbs thirteen three.
2: He who guards his mouth preserves his life but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction.
0: Which, which one are you? He who guards his words will have life. But he opens his mouth like the size of that pulpit, he'll have destruction. Okay, James 3, uh, your words have incredible influence. Uh, if you'd read this, George, James 3, 2, and then th- th- through 12. And I may stop you and make some inserts. Okay.
1: For in many things we offend all. If any man are not offend, or offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Okay, he's reading verse 2, Whitney. Okay, go ahead. And able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. We turn about their okay. whole body. Okay,
0: stop. So if you've ever, uh, uh, I was raised around horses and stuff. The bit is critical. I broke my arm because I didn't have a bit one time. I had this old piece of haystring tied to this horse's mouth. And uh, I'm on a ride and, you know, and long story. But anyway, I broke my arm and got it like this. But, but he, said, he said he's talking about the tongue in words. Uh, and then he gives an illustration about this massive steed. Yeah, this horse uh, could be a thoroughbred, could be a quarter horse, could be a plow horse. But the, the bits set the direction. What comes out of your mouth is going to set the course of your life, and your words can infl- have. Here's this massive steed, uh, thoroughbreds. My family has thoroughbreds; they're crazy. They're so high bred. They're they're they I mean, a, a butterfly can come across and they'll go. They'll kick your head off, and they're just high strung. And but bits in the horse's mouth, bits. Bits.
1: Okay, go ahead, George. Behold also the ships, though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whether the governor listeth. Okay, now think again. Here He gives two illustration, bits
0: and the rudder of a ship. I was in the Navy. Here's this massive ship. The rudder, in comparison, is very small. It's like the tongue in your mouth. But yet both of these determine direction and set the course. And your future, if you know anything about the rudder of a ship, is going to determine where you're going to arrive in life. Same with your words. Again, these we are here today as a church because of these core convictions. I have to keep my word. I just met with Patrick and Felicia Johnson uh, they're going to be going to China uh, very soon. I sat down, went over budget with them. Uh, what if they? Uh, he sold his house. He's give up evangelism and everything. And I said, I, uh, instead of tens of thousands of dollars, twenty uh, dollars. You got to keep your word. Yes, sir. Got to keep your word. I may have many ever had somebody lie to you? In church. No, I don't raise your hand. That's okay. (laughs) And, and, And the frustration of that. And so a core conviction here, and James is running this down, the importance of what you're speaking today on your future or the future of a church, the future of your family, your children, your marriage... God created by speaking. God said, God said, God called, God said. And then
1: here's James. Okay, go ahead and continue, George. Thank you. And the tongue is of fire, and the of, a fire in the world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and, and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. Okay, now, now again, he's, all of
0: this, he, he began this with the tongue. Your words, one little word. Much of counseling is because someone said something stupid. One little word. He says, it's like a spark. It's like a spark. And then you've got this flaming forest fire because a word was spoken. So, again, we're talking about the influence. This is why it's so critical. That you you at bits in the horse's mouth, rudder of the ship, direction by language and words, and now he sh- he said, listen, he said, and he's writing to the church. He said, some of you, your tongue, it, it you know, it's like a cigarette lighter. They still have those. Uh, it's like a Zippo. And, uh, and it, you, just a spark. How many times have you, have you read accounts or, or apartment buildings burned down, people lost their lives, forest fires, and it began with one simple, small, seemingly insignificant spark or a campfire. Somebody threw a cigarette butt out the window and, it, and it, it, this flame, raging inferno. Do you, can you grasp that? Some people seem to have a gift. I mean, they can light you you up in a heartbeat. It's like this is their their call in life to inflame people. Well, listen, as a Christian, as a born-again believer, and we'll we'll look at that, you better get dominion over there. You can't just say everything that comes into your head. And you got to look at the, where is this going to go? If I say, you know, how many, how many here are married? Of course. How many had a fight, argument with your wife? And it can go to another level quick. Amen. Nobody knows how to inflame you like someone that you're married to or you have a relationship with. I mean, they, they know what button to push. And, and, and you can say, and then you say, and they say, and, and the next thing. You know, you've heard me say for years, Connie and I, of course, we come out of hell, you know, both insane. And we got saved, and, and I'd say, zip it. I might as well pull the 357, and at her. I mean, it went to another level in a heartbeat. Okay, he's talking, that's what he's talking about. Okay, go ahead, George.
1: For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue no one can, no man can tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therefore, bless we God, even the Father, and therefore we curse, curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. So think of this. He's talking about the tongue
0: can be like a deadly poison. Your words, your words either, uh, Jesus' words were full with spirit of life. Your words either create life or they can poison people. They get sick. Infect people. You can infect your marriage. You can infect your destiny. You can, you can infect other people by, by saying, especially new converts. you you talking trash to them airing people's stuff that is none of their business, nor yours probably. He's talking about words. Go
1: ahead. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Doth a fountain send forth in the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, neither of uh, vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Okay, he's talking about this shouldn't be as a Christian.
0: Blessing and cursing shouldn't come out of the same mouth. Got it? Sweet water and bitter. We had a well when I was a boy, raised in the country. We had a well. It's still there today on the old place. And uh, part of my, I'd I'd drop a bucket and uh, pull water. Connie, she's from the city. Uh, She didn't know you are supposed to hold the rope. She threw the bucket, the rope, everything went. Probably still at the bottom of the well today. But uh uh but it'd been horrible if I I mean we drink that water, and it was sweet water, spring water. It'd be horrible to go out and pull that up and it's full of alkali or lime or something. Well, that's you and me. What comes out of your mouth? What comes out of your mouth? What are the words you speak? Okay. <clears throat> All right, uh, let me run through a few more, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open a up. Uh, Proverbs ten who will get that for me? Proverbs ten fourteen. 14, uh, someone? Proverbs 10, 14. Yes, Sarah. Uh, John, you had your hand up. Uh, Proverbs 13, 2, and 3. Uh, Proverbs 25, 18. Bill, thank you. Uh, Proverbs 16, 24. Anyone else? Yes, Proverbs 16, 24. Proverbs 10, 11. Who will get that for me? Yes, Hector. Okay, let's look at these. Uh, So so the question is, again, what kind of word? Where are you? I mean, we're talking about core convictions that have been a part of this congregation, have been preached into this congregation, embraced by this congregation. And one of these convictions is is you got to keep your word. Your words tell the truth. And that has brought us to this place today. Okay? So where are we going to be tomorrow? Remember, one of the reasons of doing this, we got new people and, and, you know, things that were, you know, years, 30 years ago, we're going to talk about a number of things in this class, Uh, but people get saved, they're raised in church, new generation have no clue. Proverbs 10, 14.
2: Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the... Foolish is near destruction. Okay, you
0: can have a, a brain like Einstein and your mouth is as stupid as dirt. You understand that? That's Greek. Stupid. <laughs> it's what he's saying. He's saying you can store up all kinds of knowledge, but when it comes, foolishness and destruction. Proverbs 13, 2 and 3.
1: From the fruits of his lips, a man enjoys good things. But then will have craving for violence. He who guards his lips. got his life. But he who speaks rashly. Will come to ruin. Okay. He who guards his
0: mouth. Preserves life. But he who opens wide his lips. Shall have destruction. Okay. Proverbs 25.18. <laughs> a sword and a sharp arrow. Okay, a man who lies about his neighbor is like a club. He's the Lord. That's the Lord calling right there. He's... <laughs> I'm messing with you. Like a club, a sword, or a sharp arrow. Be like a gun today. Okay, uh, Proverbs 16, 24.
2: Pleasant words are like a honeycomb; sweetness to the soul and health to the bones.
0: Okay, isn't that interesting? Now, now think of that: the words you speak can make people healthy physically. You ever been sick because someone said something to you? you ever? I mean, physically sick because they said things. Uh, The other is true. He says, listen, your words are like a honeycomb, like sweetness to the soul. Those days, honey gave you energy still today, uh, natural sugar, all of this stuff. Uh, And and health, it's like a diet. Words are like a diet. What do you eat? One of the reasons I'm so healthy, when I was a kid, uh, you've heard me say we were organic and didn't I didn't even know it? Amen. We were vegetarians, and I we we didn't have meat in the in the summer because we had no refrigerator. Amen. And most everything come out of the garden, uh, raising the country. And so uh, I, the diet then, though I'm reaping today, be 74 in May. And so, uh, 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 and but but words are like a diet. What what are you feeding your children when it comes to When you go out to eat, what's the real diet? Got nothing good to say about nobody. Is that your is that all oh, you may be eating, you know, I don't know where you eat, you go to Chili's or Taco Bell, I don't know where you eat. But but uh, but I'm talking about the real diet. Your health. The health of your children is going to be very much dependent upon the verbal diet you feed them. You stupid, stupid kid. Well, just keep never amounting to nothing. Worthless. You're like your dad. That's the problem with divorce many times. What's the diet? Okay, praise the Lord. Don't you love the Bible? Golly. Okay, where are we? Proverbs 10, 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but the violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Okay. Your mouth, if it's righteous, you know what righteous is? Doing right, speaking right. It's like a well of life. But the mouth of the wicked violence one of the problems in the world today this whole politically correct insanity and the fatherless generation no one has taught these people how to speak and violence blood in the streets okay and so I'm, gonna, uh, I'm just going to kick it two of the commandments there's ten commandments two of them have to do with your words Exodus two seven. Don't cuss. God says if you if you use my name in vain, I, it really upsets me. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing how people. Why would they do that? What has God ever done to you? And you use His name in vain. The other one, uh, read for me. Uh, uh, throw it up there. I'll read it. Exodus twenty verse sixteen, and it basically says don't bear don't lie about people. And it has to do with intent. Why do you say about other people what you say? Why do you do that? You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Okay. God says that's one of my, I don't want you to do it. Why do you, it's not just, I preached this the other night. It's not just what you say, but why do you say that? What's the intent of your heart? Why are you wanting to say that? Why are you wanting to demean them, discredit them? Uh, uh, you know, I don't know, throw them under the bus, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, uh, what about lying? So, I want to stop right here for just a moment and uh, give you a check. Golly, it's time to quit. I want to give you a. I want to give you a couple of minutes. George and Betty, he beat you to it, Betty.
1: Glory, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Hey, uh, two things. Number one, Tozer and Mark, Pastor Tozer and I were talking the other day, and about in the beginning, when God spoke, He created the universe. And it is still expanding to yeah. this day. Yeah. So what you say takes on a life of its own. It, yeah. You know, the word's are eternal. And the other thing is, I just want to add this, the Bible says even a fool appears wise if he keeps his mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Betty? Uh, years ago, my mother used to tell me, Betty, you can't do anything right. And every once in a while, if I make a wrong decision or say something I shouldn't have, that haunts me. So that, those words are still there.
0: Okay, um, I'm gonna tell 'em myself. My granddad, he was, you know, he was Irish. He was hardcore, um, and all those grandkids had a nickname. <laughs> he, called he called me lard, <laughs> and it, it's still true. Amen. <laughs> and he wasn't even say but and and so, yeah, you got to be careful about nicknames and call them and tagging them with stuff because words are very, very powerful. Caesar,
3: I, I'm going to credit and I'm still bad at it, but I'm learning words like uh, to my marriage, I think 90% of our marriage getting better was changing the words and what I was thinking about. Yeah. in the arguments or discussions, uh, disagreements I have with my wife, and it was all in talking. Now, I still think of it when we're arguing, right? But I just Shame won't say you. it. I won't <laughs> say some things. <laughs> so I learned to bite my way. tongue on some things. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. So. <laughs> and then also, in, in my struggle... Let me, with, let me stop. Yes, sir.
0: You want to change your marriage? Change your language.
3: Go ahead. Even in my in my struggles with my personal walk with God, or uh, uh, things that go on church or ministry, whatever, my bitterness and twistedness that I've gotten in time, seasons, I've noticed I've took it home, yeah. and I spoke those things uh, uh, to my wife or my kids in front of me, and I saw the poison that I that I brought home. Yep. Yep. And those are just from words that I said of either people or my dislikes or my, what I thought was right. So I have to be careful with that.
0: Yeah, don't, don't let your family be your verbal garbage can. That's true at work. That's true of life. Hey, life, shh, life is life. Hey Amen. It's part of life. People say things. Um, uh, what's the old preacher thing? I shake hands every Sunday with people I know are talking about. <laughs> That's the nature of life, amen. <clears throat> and so, uh, uh, and so, uh, next week I'm going to move into lying, lying about lying. Are you a liar, uh, Dave?
2: What you say? I don't know if you're going to uh, talk any more about keeping your word. And I know you touched on it a little bit. But man, that seems to be so foreign, and when I was, when I was you know, new, not necessarily newcomer, but uh, maybe the first five, ten years of salvation involved in a lot of ministry, I'd have guys tell me stuff, and they wouldn't do it. Yeah. I actually bought a pickup truck because I was doing outreaches, and I needed help carrying PA equipment and chairs. And I'd ask people that had trucks to come and help me, and they said they would, and then they wouldn't show up. Yeah, so I ended up buying a, a Ford F-150, so I didn't have to depend on people. Yeah. So, I mean, that is such an important thing, and today it seems yeah. to be such a light thing. Yeah. Your words don't mean anything. You say something, and it may be, maybe you'll be there, maybe you won't.
0: Yeah, don't be a liar. Don't tell people you're going to do something and don't do it. That's a liar. And, yeah. and in Revelations, it says all liars will find their place in the pit of fire. Now, we could, we could do a drama right now. But um, uh, keep your word. We, we are here at this place today because that has been a core conviction of this congregation. If you tell somebody, I'm going to help you, then be there. Unless it's life or unless it's death or something. Keep your word. If you, if you say, I'm going to do something. Keep your word. You can count on me. Keep your word. Keep your word. I'm going to pay you back. Not 2040. I'm going to pay you back Sunday. And Sunday, Monday, January, December 2020. Uh, Keep your word. Don't be a liar. God don't like you when you lie. Okay, praise the Lord. We'll pick it up next week.
3: (laughs) Great time. Appreciate it. Thank you.